This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Back. This is episode eight of Hitting Hard, presented to you by Baseballism.com. I'm your host Christian. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, the big news this week. Just get it right off. Just get it out of here, right? Just start with it. No preambles. Just let's go. Manny Machado is a San Diego Padre. Uh, Ten years, three hundred million dollars to see the former Baltimore Oriole now play out in California. Um, yeah, so, you know, let's take this from a Yankee perspective. You know, that's obviously you can see the pictures behind me. You know that we do NYY Sports Talk. It's, you know, NYY. Second Y stands for Yankees. So, you know, how does this affect the Yankees? How do we break this down to make sense from a Yankee perspective? Uh, well, there's two ways we're going to go about this right now. Number one, uh, and I tweeted this out earlier in the week. It shows you that the Yankees and John Heyman was on with uh, Joe, uh, not Joe, Evan and uh, the hyena, I call him uh, JJ earlier today. And he said that while no formal offer was made to Machado, the Yankee at the dinner that they had, I believe was back in December now, said that, you know, they were in that $240 million price range for... My blowing bubbles over here for uh, Manny Machado, and you know it was a seemed like that they got the impression in the dinner that Machado was not going to move off of wanting to get the guaranteed value of the contract to be worth three hundred million dollars, which is exactly what he got from the San Diego Padres. Now, if you believe everything that other people are saying, he could have gotten more. From the Chicago White Sox, but San Diego is a lot nicer place to live than Chicago. You know, the weather is beautiful out there. And the guaranteed money was not over $300 million. Apparently, he would have had to meet certain incentives to get to that $350. So he wanted to hit the $300 guaranteed money mark. Now, it's still not even guaranteed $300 because apparently he has an opt-out after five years. He can guarantee himself $300, but the team... Uh, put the opt-out in so we can go through this whole charade again in five years with him when he will now be 31 years old uh all right great Machado admitted I don't know if you're trying to be funny Springer Machado admitted he would have signed if the Yankees didn't make him shave the the facial hair uh the facial hair was a policy a deal breaker that means he didn't really want to be a Yankee Thing that he's got going on over there, that little half goatee thing that he's got going, that's the deal breaker. Come on, let's relax a second here. Anyway, let's move along here to real serious business. Um, yeah, so how do we break this down from a Yankee perspective? Okay, now, as I said earlier in the week on Twitter, it seemed like the Yankee said to him, this is what we're willing to pay you. You're going to play for this. 
And we're not going to move on from that. And it seemed like the Yankees were willing to offer him about eight for two forty, which would have given him thirty million dollars a year, which is what he's getting from the Padres. But they weren't going to go ten for three hundred, which is fair. If you're telling me the Yankees offered eight for two forty to this guy, or talked in parameters of getting to eight to two forty, you know that's fair. You're offering a guy thirty million dollars a year to come play for you for eight years. So you know all this how is cheap crap. Let's be realistic here. If the reports are true that the there was a there was a discussion of a two hundred and forty million dollar contract, I mean, you're not really being cheap now, are you? Um, next, then it shows to me what the Yankees' plans are for D.D. Gregorius because you're not gonna pass up Manny Machado if you don't have D.D. Gregorius. Uh, as a long term solution for your club at shortstop. Um, yeah, I know everybody's like, oh, you know, Didi's going to be out for X and, you know, Tulowitzki's always hurt and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the Yankees aren't just thinking about 2019. We as fans think, you know, in terms of right now, but the Yankees aren't thinking it like that. And I know nobody wants to hear it. You know, the Yankees are a business. They can't just operate in a vacuum and operate that today is February. What, what is today? February 21st. I don't even know. Um, so the Yankees are not operating that today is February 21st and we have to make all the decisions based on February 21st. They have to make their decisions based on February 21st, March 21st, April 21st, November 21st, and not only 2019, but 2020. You know, this is not a thing that they can operate in a vacuum and say, oh, Didi's going to be out. So let's just go and spend $240 million on a shortstop. And he's not a $240 million shortstop. He's just not. Offensively, yes. He's a great, you know, great offensive player. I've said it numerous times. He's one of the, wherever you want to rank him, five, ten, somewhere in there, best players in Major League Baseball. That's who Manny Machado is. Okay. But defensively, he's not there as a shortstop he's very average as a shortstop where he excels where he really stamps himself as being an elite top of the line you know one of the five or ten even higher maybe best players in baseball is as a third baseman he's phenomenal out there but then again the Yankees have a guy over there I don't know if you heard of him his name's Miguel Andujar that came up here last year and raked the guy hit the cover off the ball last year that's what he did Okay, he set franchise records. Now everybody's gonna go back to the defense. Miguel Andujar's defense. Miguel Andujar's defense. Oh my God, Miguel Andujar's defense. He was bad last. Okay, there's no getting around it. The guy sat his ass on the bench in the biggest game of the year, the game that the Yankees had to win to continue their season. Miguel Andujar didn't even play in. Aaron Boone didn't even hesitate to get this guy out in the fifth inning in playoff games. Okay. So what? Now we're going to write the book on Miguel Andujar after his rookie season. The Yankees, if they had, the Yankees could have scripted 2018 the way that they wanted 2018 to go. The Lord and Savior Brandon Drury would have been the um, third baseman for the entirety of 2018 and Miguel Andujar would have stayed in AAA. But that didn't happen. Brandon Drury had his migraine problem, nerve problem in his neck, whatever the heck he had going on. Miguel Andujar came up, raked. Brandon Drury found his ass deported to Canada. And, you know, here we are now. So now, so that's what it comes down to. You're looking at, at two guys in Machado and Andujar that are comparable. Their 2018s were comparable offensively. You know, uh, 
Machado had one more extra base hit than Andujar. And Andujar, you know, didn't play the first week or so of the season. So you want to take that into account. They had the same batting average. You want, uh, you know, you know, Machado had higher numbers in other areas, but, you know, comparable. Again, it's not like, you know, Machado had 140 RBIs to Miggy's 92, I believe it was, or something like that. You know, it was a low 100, low, low hundreds, somewhere around there for Machado to Andujar's high, mid, uh, low 90s. It's comparable. The guy's a rookie. You know, that's what people seem to forget. They want to write the book on Miguel Andujar that he's going to be trashed defensively and they wanted to throw him in the friggin' trash because of Manny Machado and it's it's not to me it's not right and you got to look at it like I said again the Yankees are operating as a business right so now you're sitting here saying to yourself I offered this guy to I'm gonna I'm comfortable offering this guy 240 million dollars he doesn't want it okay I got Miguel Andujar over third base why am I chasing this guy why am I chasing this guy Look at their numbers offensively. Miguel Andujar is a rookie. And look at them. Now, you're going to tell me that the Yankees aren't watching Miguel Andujar? Of course they are. They're seeing how hard this kid is working. Seeing that he's breaking his ass out there trying to get better defensively. Will he? I don't know. We have to wait and see. I understand that it's a risk and it's a gamble and that he may never become even an adequate third baseman for the New York Yankees. But, you know, the Yankees are looking at it like this. Look at their numbers offensively. I believe that he can get better as a third baseman because I see him working. And he's going to cost me $29.5 million less than what it's going to cost to sign Manny Machado. So now you tell me when it's your money and you're trying to build a ball club. And even though the Yankees are over luxury tax, they're sitting around $220 million. There's a cap to what they're willing to do. Okay, so now... Is um, how going to chase that $250 million number for a guy that they really don't need? Is he a better ball player than Miguel Andujar? Yes, nobody's arguing that. Somebody told me that I said that yesterday because I was defending uh, Miguel Andujar. I never said that Andujar is better than Manny Machado. What I said was pay attention. Look deeper into the three seconds of what's in front of you. Look deeper into it. That's what the Yankees are doing. So have a little faith in Miguel Andujar because the Yankees have it. If, if Miguel Andujar was this bad defensively and didn't hit like he did, even if, if you want to say that he was an average, whatever an average rookie does, maybe he hits like 260, 270, you know, maybe he hit like 15, 20 home runs, 15, 20 doubles. Manny Machado's on this team, okay? I'm I'm willing to say that Manny Machado is near Yankee because then at that point I believe the Yankees would have chased Manny Machado, but they didn't. Miguel Andujar wasn't an average rookie. He hit 297. Uh, he hit he had 74 extra base hits, 90 something runs batted in. Come on, this is what the Yankees are seeing. This is you know this is why Manny Machado wasn't chased. The Yankees said here. This is my Amazon package, but they said here, this is what we're this is what we're comfortable with. If you want to talk these terms, we'll talk to you. If not, say la vie, and that's the end of it. Okay. Now this is hitting hard, so let's hit hard. And if you're watching right now, and you're gonna come and you're gonna attack me and talk all this trash about Miguel Andujar, and I'm stupid, you know what? Just tune out right now. Save yourself the trouble of typing because I hear it. Okay, I'm tired of arguing with fans on social media 
about Miguel Andujar versus Manny Machado, okay? You guys got to understand something. It doesn't always work when you throw away the, your homegrown guy, the guy that you brought up that was setting franchise records for you, and you throw him away for the shiny new toy, okay? That's what you guys wanted to do. Not all of you, I know that. Some of you, some of you wanted to throw Manny, uh, throw Andujar in the garbage for Manny Machado. Why? Because he's a shiny new toy. He's the fancy guy, okay? He's the big superstar. It would have, I would have loved to have seen if Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, uh, no, the Yankees shouldn't stay as far away from Clay Buckholz as they possibly can. Like, send Clay Buckholz to Iceland, okay? That, that far. I, now, it's not even far enough away to Australia. Put him on a boat and let him sail out there. Absolutely no way or do I ever want to see Clay Buckholz, especially now at this point in his career, being a New York Yankee. All right, so back to uh, Miguel Andujar, okay, <clears throat> versus Manny Machado, okay. Everybody was like, oh, not everybody, okay. I shouldn't say everybody. I don't want to speak and put lump everybody in together, okay, because it was like, you know, Miguel Oh, that's what I was saying. I'm sorry. So this is what happens when we're doing live stuff and people be shoot, are shooting me, uh, messages and I'm trying to respond to. I would have hated to seen what it would have been like. And I'm surprised it didn't happen with JD Martinez being on the free agent market. But I guess people saw, excuse me, people saw him more as a DH than, uh, an outfielder at that point that if Harper or Mike Trout were free agents last season, and Aaron Judge didn't have that second, uh, even though he was hurt, he didn't have that second season to kind of stamp himself as the face, the leader of the Yankees. How people would have been acting towards Aaron Judge at that point. You know, like, maybe it's a little bit different because it's an outfield and you have three outfield positions and you could always, you know, you would have always said, I'll get rid of Gardner and he's old, which people are still saying now. But, you know, it would if, if that same situation would have arisen where it would have, like Harper said, I'm only playing right field. How would the people react it to Aaron Judge? You know, and now, you know, there's another argument that we had the other day that I had with somebody. Oh, but Aaron Judge was a runner up in the MVP. So you can't make the same uh, comparison. You kind of can because, you know, this just happened last year where we had a guy come up and he broke records. Okay. You had a rookie come up, break records. And now Miguel Andujar came up breaking records, and because Manny Machado's out there, we don't like Miguel Andujar anymore. We don't like Miguel Andujar anymore. We have to have Manny Machado and the crybabies out there. They're like, I'm not going to Yankee games because I don't have Manny Machado, but I have Miguel Andujar, and I don't like him because he doesn't make $30 million a year. I say this a lot. And I hope that somewhere along the line, it sticks in somebody's friggin' brain, okay? Money does not equate to talent. Now, in this case, it does, okay? You want to say Manny Machado makes $30 million a year. He's a better ball player overall than Miguel Andujar, yes. But it, it the gap is not $29 million. Andrew McCutcheon makes more money than Judge. Judge is a better baseball player then Andrew McCutcheon, okay? It doesn't mean, money doesn't always equal talent, okay? It's something that everybody's got to uns to Miguel Andujar. Just because he makes $500,000 or five fifty or whatever it is, it doesn't mean he's a bag of shit, 
Okay? And that's how people, some fans are treating this guy on social media. That Miguel Andujar sucks because his defense is terrible. Uh, it's now we're gonna, we're gonna deal with this at two positions now. Gary Sanchez sucks because of pass balls, okay? How many times do we gotta sit there and the pass balls with Gary Sanchez, okay? And now we're gonna have to sit here and listen to it about Miguel Andujar, okay? The reason why these guys are here is because they're friggin' great hitters. And I'm telling you, if you're gonna say something about Gary Sanchez hitting 188 this year, watch. Come back to me in twenty at the end of twenty nine. He's singing a much different tune. If this is a big year for Gary Sanchez, we're gonna see the Gary Sanchez we saw in sixteen and seventeen. No, we won't. We will see a better version of Gary Sanchez because you got a feeling that his pride was hurt and his ego took a major hit last year. Okay, so if there's something inside of him, if there's heart, if this guy's got some testicular fortitude, he's going to have a monster year. Okay, now. To put a little wrap, a bow on this whole Miguel Andujar thing. Um, you know, it's this spoiled Yankee fan mentality. Like, what I have is not good enough. I need something better. What happened to, this is what, this is, you see right, right there over my shoulder, Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter. And what's that picture over there? If I can ever get to it. Eh, I'm confused. Don't follow my thing. Uh, that's the core four. If you did, you guys want to get rid of them? You probably maybe. I don't know. Social media wasn't around in '96 and to 1997, '98, and all those years, right? You know, if you would have gotten rid of them, you probably don't have four ways. So let the guys come up. Let the guys grow together instead of importing every single major superstar. Okay, we tried that. It didn't really work. Okay, after 2001, that's when the Yankees started becoming the evil empire and broke the bank for everybody. And what did they have to show for it? From 2002 to 2008, they had one World Series. And then they went out. They spent a ton of money in 2009. They won the World Series. Congratulations. Uh, they did. It was great. And then what happened? More money, more money, more money, and we have nothing to show for it. Then in 2016, Brian Cashman was like, screw this. Let's go with the young guys. All of a sudden now, the young guys are in one game away from the World Series in 2017. Last year, they went 100 games. Let's see what's next. We were always sold that bill of goods that... I don't want to say it's a bill of goods because that would make it seem like it's a crock of shit. We don't know that yet, but we were always sold that 2019 was the year the Yankees were going to be ready to compete for a World Series. 17 was fun. 18, maybe we'll get there a little early, but 19 was supposed to be a year. They haven't even thrown one pitch in an exhibition game yet, and everybody's freaking out because we don't have Manny Machado. Wow. Get over it. That's the only thing that I can say to you Machado people. And I don't even know what a stan is. And But I saw somebody use this term on social media the other day. And I liked it. The Machado stands. Whatever that shit is. I'm 35 years old. I'm sure if you're under the age of 22, you know what it is. But I like it. I understood the context of it. The Machado stands. Get over it. You love the guy so much, go buy yourself a friggin' San Diego Padres jersey, okay? You don't want to go to Yankee Stadium? Fine. I don't care. I'm not going to miss you. I'm going to be there March 30th, which is the second home game of the year. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there on Memorial Day to get my John Carl Stan bobblehead. And guess who else is going to be there? Manny Machado when the San Diego Padres come to town. I got plenty of other vouchers that I'm going to cash in. I'm going to use 
use my Yankee Universe membership, and I'm going to go to games this year because I am a fan of the New York Yankees. It doesn't matter to me who's on the team, who's not on the team, okay? It's not like the Yankees were sitting out there telling you that Neil Walker or Danny Echeverria were going to be their third baseman this year, and that's why... Miguel Andujar, uh, Manny Machado is not your third baseman, okay? Manny Machado is not your third baseman because you brought a rookie up that went out there and shattered franchise records, okay? Get over it, guys. Please, I am don't want to fight Yankee fans about Manny Machado anymore. Guess what? He plays in the National League West. You won't see him for three years after this. Move along, okay? You're either a Manny Machado fan or you're a New York Yankee fan. And I know where my loyalties lie. My loyalties lie on River Avenue, 161st Street in the Bronx, New York, okay? I'm a New York Yankee fan. If the Yankees were being cheap about something, I'd come here and I'd tell you that. I've been very adamant in telling you I don't understand why they don't want to go after Bryce Harper. But but, but now you're hearing Bryce Harper say, is turning down $300 million contracts left and right. Screw you, Bryce Harper. I'll take Brett Gardner, okay? Because you want to know why? Because Brett Gardner is going to bust his fucking ass every day and i'll take 10 of those guys on my team every single day of the week and i'll and i you know what i would rather watch the yankees win 60 games with 10 guys uh, 25 guys that bust their ass every single day of the week and are playing hard and are proud to wear the uniform okay that is why i am happy miguel andujar is my third baseman okay i am happy that miguel andujar is my third baseman because the kid could have sat there and been like you know what? I broke records. Screw my defense. They're going to play me anyway. But you know what? He didn't. He went out there and he worked. He went out there and he sought out guys to help him work. Give the guy a little bit of respect for that. And stop chasing the shiny new thing. Y'all must be really shitty people to be in relationships with. As soon as something fresh and new comes along, oh, forget you. I mean, you must be a great person to be in a relationship with. But don't tell me that that trait and that characteristic, easy for me to say, doesn't carry over into other aspects of your life, okay? So if there's anything else that you guys want to talk about in regards to Manny Machado versus Miguel Andujar, we can do it right now. If not, this is where we segue and the viewership of this thing drops to zero, away from these because I just quickly want to touch on the NXT call-ups from uh, WWE that happened right after uh, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view on Sunday. Um, you brought up Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Ricochet, and Aleister Black, all of which are, should be stars. They've been carrying NXT for the past year, and here's what happens. Instead of bringing them up, giving them fanfare, uh, videos introducing them and you know the Lafayette Louisiana crowd was atrocious on a Monday night I mean they, you could hear crickets pin drops whatever cliche you want to use that's the way you want to debut these guys <coughs> excuse me now the rest of the world that doesn't know who they are sees them as losers 
Not everybody, not everybody watches NXT. Okay, so you have to introduce these guys. You got your NXT champion, you got your secondary male champion, you got a guy in Alistair Black who legit should be a star with his look, his striking ability, the entrance, everything. The guy could be a friggin' rock star if they knew what they were doing. And you got Ricochet, who I mean, the guy blindfolded could amaze the hell out of anybody, but. You know, well, let's bring them up in front of a crowd that's not making any noise with no fanfare. Nobody knows who they are, whatever, right? And then they made the mistake on Tuesday night on SmackDown of putting Gargano and Champa in there against the bar who they were in the turn to steal from Kevin Nash is Vanilla Midget. They were made to look like tiny guys. And, and these are your top NXT stars? I don't know. This is not, this is why guys fail when they come up to, from uh, NXT to the main roster, and it would, and you have to look at it like the last time that they brought up the active NXT champion was Kevin Owens, and what did he do? He beat the shit out of John Cena, so at least he had that going for him. And now here you got Tommaso Ciampa wrestling in tag team matches with Johnny Gargano, who I love, by the way. And it's a shame that the guy dropped the North American title last night. I'm sorry. I do these relatively soon after I my food's not fully digested and I have acid reflux and I'm talking nonstop for 25 minutes and you don't need to know about that. But that's why, you know, you see the little things that you see. But anyway, when he won the North American title, I was saying to myself, this because he does the little thing like that, that Christian used to do, not this Christian, the WWE Christian. And I was saying to myself, this, this kind of reminds me of when Christian finally won the World Heavyweight title. And the very next, well, two days later, he lost it on on a SmackDown taping to Randy Orton. I was saying, I won, you know, and then I you read the spoilers and you're like, yep, it happened. Like, I, what was it? Um, a couple days later, he, they t- even though it technically happened yesterday, the match was taped like three weeks ago. Uh, he drops the belt to Velveteen on a TV taping. Exactly what the thought ran through my mind, it happened. Now, not that Velveteen shouldn't be the NXT North American champion, but you could couldn't save it for a takeover. Um, I'm just saying. And then now, here, here's what it is, right? You keep having these guys come up to the main roster, and they're not catching on. Like, Finn Balor should be a star. He's not. And Sami Zayn, he's not. I don't like Sami. The Revival, who, I mean, they were fantastic putting on five-star matches at a drop of a hat in NXT. And and now, because they were threatening the lead, they're finally the tag team champions. Like, there's no plan. I mean, really, think about it. If you're a WWE fan, right, think about this for a second. Who that's been booked to be a star, top guy, or even top woman in NXT has had that same type of success in the on the main roster. Charlotte has, right? Okay. So you got Charlotte. Becky was never champion. So this kind of – Becky's actually been pushed to a higher level in the, on the main roster as compared to NXT. So she's actually one person that's kind of surpassed it. But Sasha and Bailey were both top, uh, you know, top women. And both have had varying degree. Uh, I mean, Sasha more so, Bailey not. You know, she's been champion, had had a title win, uh, title defense victory at WrestleMania, but still never really like the focus of the division like uh, she was in NXT. So you got those people. Um, you know, Alexa Bliss is another one that was really nothing ever more than just you know a manager part of an act with Buddy uh, Murphy and um, what the hell's the other guy's name? Buddy Murphy and uh, Blake. Blake and Murphy. There you go. 
And now, you know, she became one of the top females. Okay, so now you look at the men, right? Kevin Owens kind of really, sort of, but not really, was had the feud with Cena, came back down, he won the Universal title, he lost it to Goldberg in 20 seconds. So kind of, but not really. And then um, Finn Balor, you know, you know, it's hard to say what would have happened if he didn't bust up his shoulder in the match with Seth Rollins, but, you know, the pattern would have kind of... Uh, dictated that it would stay the same Samoa Joe's never won the WWE title he kind of gets near it but doesn't win it uh since Shinsuke Nakamura perfect guy right he was a rock star in NXT what is he on the main roster a nobody really he's a nobody you finally you finally get the match that you wanted the one you've been hoping for since that Wrestle Kingdom match and then they between AJ Styles and um Nakamura and then they feud for four months like wow we're gonna get four months of great matches and they were built around shots to the balls awesome so you know uh we're just gonna wrap this up here thank you for uh sticking with me for a good half hour here uh go to baseballism.com uh i'll tweet out the uh, promo code when i uh, remember what it was i think it's nyyst15 saves you 15 percent off at checkout some really cool stuff from baseballism.com who is the official sponsor of the MS sports talk podcast and hitting hard so thumbs up to you guys and um follow me on twitter at christian underscore nyyst and um thanks for watching and i'll close as i always do I, one of these days i'm going to come up with a great signature goodbye to the show today is not that day see you in the next episode